You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Um, so good. Love that we continually get the space to enjoy His presence here. You know, it's um, so valuable. And, um, you know, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Hey, you know, you get to church and you're like, whoa, they're, they're going a little bit loud today or they're going a little bit full on today. Just go with the flow. Go with the flow. It's great. All right. Um, Men, I really, uh, really can, want to encourage you to be there on uh, Thursday night. It's going to be really good. If you don't have a lift, then, you know, chat with another guy and come together. That's a good thing. And it's going to be really fun. And, um, yes, you do, you do get to compete for the smallest trophy known to man. And uh, it is literally one that your grandkids will laugh at one day. And I'm looking forward to presenting those with Pastor Nate on the night. It's going to be really, really good. Um, yep. It's going to be like a team-based thing. There's going to be some worship. It's going to be the Word of God. It's going to be awesome. So make sure that you're there. Uh, who's ever committed to something and then like a little bit down the journey, you're like, <laughs> uh, where do I sign out? Like, anyone ever done that? Yeah, I've done that a few times. You know, like you commit to the thing and then because you commit in emotion and then you have to turn up and do the work. And so that's, it's often so easy for us to go, yeah, yeah, sign up, no worries, no worries. Oh, I've got to now work to, great, great. Uh, I, I had a bit of that happening when I joined the army. So the day after my 18th birthday, I got on a bus and we went to, we, we drove down to Wagga and, uh, and I was like, what have I signed up for right here? And so for 374 days, because the first day, you know, I didn't wake up there, but for the next one I did, I was like, how do I get out? <laughs> like, and we had a few guys who actually discharged themselves and got out, but I'm like, I'm not a quitter, but I want to leave, but I'm not a quitter. <laughs> uh, and so I learned over 12 months the power of this little thing called perseverance. And I learned how to not give up, um, not on my life, not on my marriage or my family, not on God, not on my ministry, right? Not on myself or my church, just to not, don't give up, not give up, right? And, I, and I've benefited from that, that, you know, brutal 12 months, but I have benefited from that for my entire life. And that's the power of what Revelation does in us. It actually has the, the power to change our whole future. Like what is added to me now will benefit me for the rest of my life. And that's the power of transformation. So what we're going to read today is Paul, as he's wrapping up this letter to the Philippian church, he is like, He's like, I, I can kind of imagine him thinking, what do I need to tell them as I wrap this up so that they can have an amazing, powerful, influential, filled with life and power of the Holy Spirit, 
filled with growth? What do I need to give them so that their future is strong? Right? So we're going to read a chunk of Scripture right now. I'm going to read uh, Philippians 4, verses 1 to 9. And uh, I'm reading from the NIV. It'll also be on screen. Thanks, lads, at the back there. Good. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always? Yep, I will say it again, he says, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. How good is that? Yep, it's awesome. So these are Paul's kind of final exhortations. And I learned a word when I did the first week with uh, Andrew, and I learned this word called hortatory. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but I'm going to use it like that. And I'm like, what the heck is hortatory? And we've seen the word exhortations. If you've been in Christendom for long enough, you've, you know, this is, he's exhorting them. What, what does that even mean? It means to encourage and build up, to encourage and build them. And so Paul is like, guys, as I finish this letter, I'm going to leave you with some stuff that is going to greatly benefit the cause of the gospel in Philippi. Because I'm building you up, I'm exhorting you, enabling you to grow in Christ, all right? So we've talked a lot about, about this. We've talked a lot about that life is all, when it comes down to it, life is about Christ. Life is all about Him. It's about doing the work of Christ, partnering with God in this thing called the work of the gospel, right? And so today, we're going to talk about growing in Christ. But why? Why? Paul's reason? For the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the kingdom of God in this city called Philippi. Paul's like, you guys are it. You guys are it. The kingdom of God rests on your shoulders in your city. It's like, whoa, like future generations coming to know Christ rests on your shoulders in the city of Philippi. And we're a part of the church of Newcastle. And so there's a responsibility there. Now there's empowerment and strength and guidance and wisdom and community and leadership and a future and vision there as well, but it also rests on our shoulders. It rests on us to grow in Christ, to advance the kingdom, 
in our city. So Paul's given the Philippians some great encouragement right here to grow. I'm going to pick out four of those things today. You ready? Who's keen? I'm going to to pray, right? You're so keen. Let's pray first. God, we just thank you for your word, for truth, that it, it sets us free, it enables us, it makes us strong. Would you bring revelation into our minds, into our hearts, and would you help that to transform our lives for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom in our, our lives, in our homes, and in our city. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay, let's read verse one again. It says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. Love it. Now, Paul's already mentioned uh, standing firm a bunch of times, like literally in, in, in chapter one, verse 27, he says, Then when I come and see you, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, right? And this is a theme that repeats itself um, throughout this book because they have some opposition happening, like we talked about. We don't know exactly what that looked like, but it probably looked like very real persecution in a very confronting manner. Right, which we don't really experience. I'm not, anyone here know anyone who's actually died for the gospel in Newcastle? No one? No, me neither. Right? So, but we do experience opposition. We experience opposition from the enemy, from the devil. We experience opposition from the occasional person who likes to have a go. We experience opposition from the world and the system of the world that is against us. Right? So we're not, we're not, you know, completely out of opposition. One of the things that we kind of find is, the, is hardest as Christians is walking through hardship, you know? And I was thinking like five minutes ago, like how many people quit before their situation turned around, right? Because if it's all for my good, don't quit before you get the good part, Right? Don't kind of give up because it's all working for your good. Don't give up in the valley because it's coming back. It's coming back at you, all right? Uh, so stand firm. Now, I find that standing firm for me is, is less a matter of why and more a matter of how, right? Like that's just for me. If I'm standing firm in myself, in what I think, in if I'm standing firm in Darren, in Darren's wisdom, in Darren's strength, Darren isn't going far. Darren's going to give up. Darren's like all in his own head, overanalyzing everything. Darren is, is, is trying to think, well, well, how, how, I can't, I don't know, I don't know. Darren's going to give up. But if I'm choosing to stand firm in the Lord, whole different ball game right? I'm far more likely to go the distance, to be steadfast, to grow through the challenge, to go through, grow through the opposition, to grow through the hardship if I'm standing firm in Him. 
So Paul adds something at the end here, which makes us look backwards into uh, chapter 3. And he says, stand firm in the Lord in this way. So what is in this way? What's he referring to? Now, it's a bunch of stuff because he's talking about uh, knowing Christ as well. But he, he mentions this awesome little, little phrase, knowing that your citizenship is in heaven. Right? Their citizenship is in heaven. Now, when I know that I'm going to heaven, right? When I know that actually that's, that's my location, I, my citizenship is not from earth. I have a, I'm seated, pardon me, I'm seated in heavenly places. Changes how I view my now. Changes how I see what I'm walking through. Gives me confidence gives me assurance, gives me courage, courage to persevere. Sometimes that's all you need is a little bit more courage just to keep pressing on. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. Secondly, he tells them to follow. He says, follow my example. Follow the example of people like me, right? How many people do you hang around who don't give up? who grow through what they experience, who have an ever-growing love for Jesus, right? Be like them. Paul's saying, do what they do. You'll be able to stand firm in this way if you, are, if you imitate me or imitate these, these kind of people, the mature. That's how you stand firm in the Lord. Don't give up. I get it. I get it. The temptation to give up is sometimes very real. The feeling is sometimes very in your face, right? The temptation to go, whatever, I'm out of here, right? Anyone else? The temptation to disengage from the battle for the gospel, right? Let's, let's clarify it a little bit. The temptation to disengage from the battle for the advancement of the kingdom or the, the gospel in your marriage, in your home, in this world, in your, own, in your own life, the temptation to give up is sometimes very real. Like it's too hard. This has been, I said this before, this has been the hardest year for our family on record. The hardest year. I can't think of another, maybe the year the twins were born. That was crazy. <laughs> But I don't remember that. I don't even remember anything that happened that year. So this year, this one takes the cake, right? You know, and what's the temptation? To stop trying. To be like, let's just let things go as they are. To disengage, to disconnect, to not engage over the little things that look like they're going to become big things. You know? Don't give up. Keep pressing on, right? The kingdom in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your business, in your family, in this world, it is worth the fight. And you've also got to remember, you're not in this alone, right? You, you don't do this battle by yourself. If you are, all right, forward slap coming your way, right? Stop it. Stop it. Get people around you. There's people sitting near you right now who love you. So get people in your world. This is, this is not a letter to one person. This is a letter to a church. This is a letter to a group. 
right? It's not a meistic faith, it's an us faith, right? We're in this together. My fight helps you and your fight helps me. My perseverance is on display for you. Your perseverance is on display for me. Your story helps me. My story helps you. You're doing it solo. You're missing out on all that, right? Which leads me, nice, nicely segues me into my second point, right? Which that means to grow in Christ. Firstly, we need to stand firm. Secondly, we need to walk together. Verse 2. I know we're only on verse 2, right? Everyone's like, whoa, he's going long time today. No worries. All good. We're going to like jump through some stuff later on. Stand firm. <laughs> Stand firm in what God gave you, Darren. Okay, good. Verse 2, I plead with Yordia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Walk together. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Um, just a little side note. There's a bit of stuff happening in the world today around women. Women can lead. Women can preach. Women can teach the gospel. They can teach the word of God. All right, let's just settle that. That's what we believe. Now, you can be on the same mind as me on that. Good, right. All right, good, good. Just, just, clar- just clarifying for, for us, right? Some, some, some well-meaning, I'm going to really hold my tongue. Anyway, let's move on, right. Because they have contended at my side for the gospel. They, the women, have contended at my side for the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life, right? So he says, be of the same mind. You know what you find when you come to the, the house of God? You find that there's lots of people who are potentially not of the same mind as you. You know? Be of the same Mind in the Lord. Oh, that's it. That's important. That part, that, that's crucial. Be of the same mind in the Lord. Because a lot of my problems happen when I'm trying to get everyone to be in the same mind as me. Right? Be of the same mind. Here's, here's some reality for us. There is so much that we can disagree on. If you look hard enough, and I'm sure you'll have to look a lot, a lot for this. You might find something that you disagree on with me. You'll have to look pretty hard and for a long time, and it's probably not worth your time, so don't try. But if I look hard enough, I can find something to disagree with everybody, with everyone, regardless of how close they are to Christ. If I nitpick, if I'm critical... I can pull it apart. I can find something for us to disagree on. But we also have a lot to agree on. And that's where our focus needs to be. Be of the same mind in the Lord. The rest is love and grace. Be of the same mind. The rest is love and grace. And this is really a, a fair chunk of living as a part of a community of faith, right? This is, a, this is a good portion of what it means to be in the church, to be in the house of God together with people, is that, you know, you're going to have to work out how to deal with someone who's got a different opinion than you, right? Women to live and enjoy community with each other, 
but we're also meant to sharpen one another. That means that sometimes it's got to be like a clanging of metal together because we're meant to sharpen each other. Had a conversation with someone this week and we, are, we were on two different ends of the topic, completely different ends of the topic. And I'm like, ooh, this is going to go real well. But you know what we, you know what we discovered? We have the same Lord, Jesus Christ. And so you know where we kept landing? On Christ. Kept landing on Christ. That's actually all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. And so you can, you, you can keep nitpicking. This is a good tip for your marriages as well. Hashtag marriage advice, right? Right? You know, find the point of agreement. Don't keep landing on the point of disagreement. What do you agree on? Start from, anyway, keep going, right. Here's the other thing. How much am I willing to be corrected or wrong or not voice my opinion for the sake of unity? Some of, you, some of us are like a little bit too willing for that. Just, just a bit eager to chuck in your two cents worth when maybe you should hold your tongue, be of love and be in agreement instead. Right? Let's not argue or get divisive. Right? It's unity, oneness, agreement. Doesn't mean you can't have an opinion, right? But when I'm secure in Christ, I don't need to be right all the time. Because my security is not based on your validation of my opinion. Right? I don't need to be like getting your approval all the time. I already have his approval. So it's okay if I'm wrong sometimes. It's rare. Right? So this is, this, is the, this is the security that we can bring into the community of faith where I don't need to voice to be divisive, to get my way. I don't need to voice my opinion even to, to, to get everyone to agree with me so that they can, I can receive their validation. I'm secure. I'm secure. I know Christ. He knows me. My focus isn't like my way or the highway. My focus is us together in Christ, advancing the kingdom, right? The context here, and we gotta keep coming back to the context, is the work of the gospel. And this is what's at stake for Paul as he's addressing these two women. Uh, And he's not asking for these two women to settle a personal dispute. It's important that we understand that because the context is the work of the gospel. So there's just a disagreement about how the work should proceed, which is why he's asking his true companion here, right? Uh, Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, who's that? Who's this true? It's possibly Luke. Quite possibly, it's uh, it's actually Luke. Help these women since they've contended at, at my side in the cause of the gospel. So the work of the gospel is at issue here, not just a disagreement between two women, okay? Uh, And also the principle is is, is really coming in from chapter two. Chapter two, which we uh, we looked at on the CityServe weekend, we looked at it fairly briefly, but the principle is, um, verse two, it's not on screen, it says, then make my joy complete by being like 
like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. That's the community. That's right. Sometimes I might need to accept that I'm wrong or I might just need to hold my tongue for a little bit longer and love the person because actually we need to be on the same page. We need to be in unity, in agreement. All right, so I've spent half my message on the first three verses. <laughs> Here goes. All right, let's look at the final six. I'm going to read the next two verses, right? Verse uh, four, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. That's powerful, right? To grow in Christ, I need to choose joy. I need to keep rejoicing regardless of my circumstance and regardless of how I feel. Because to rejoice is an action. Sometimes you find when you get to, you know, a church service and there's all these happy songs on and you're like, oh, great. Here we go. But as you start to rejoice, as you start to make Him your focus, what happens is the joy starts to become more of a reality. Because I've chosen to rejoice. I've chosen to be in this space of joy. Eventually, the feeling's going to follow. Eventually. Anyone see that movie, um, what's it called? Drop Dead Fred. Anyone see Drop Dead Fred, Rick Mayall and Phoebe Cates? What a good holy old movie that was. Not. Anyway, so, uh, so Phoebe Cates is a housewife and she's going through all kinds of dramas. And uh, as a result of that, her imaginary friend from her childhood turns up. And yet, lo and behold, it's Rick Mayall, right? So at one point in the movie, he grabs a shovel and smashes her over the knees. Bang! And says, get happy! That's not what's happening here. (laughs) But you can still choose to rejoice. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of what's happening. Say, the context is the Philippians are in the middle of persecution and opposition. So they're kind of worried even for their lives. And Paul's saying, you can still rejoice. Because your joy isn't dependent on what's happening outside of you. Your joy is in Christ. His love for you. His salvation for you. His friendship with you. Your future in heaven. Our joy is not circumstantial. So even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of their suffering, Paul is saying, rejoice. Activate this space where you are happy with what God has given you. Choose it. Take your focus off your hardship, whatever it looks like, body, soul, spirit, whatever, whatever's happening, relationships, finances, marriage, family, whatever. Take your focus off your hardship and place it on Jesus who is near. The Lord is 
near. How powerful is that? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And it grows in my life when I continue to choose Christ. Choose His presence. I choose His presence above the presence of my situation. Because sometimes the presence of my situation is taking control of my heart or taking control of my mind. But I'm going to choose His presence above the presence of my situation. Often this means that I need to purposefully slow down. I need to put my phone in a drawer. I need to just engage with Him, engage with the people around me. So I can slow down, I can enjoy His rest, and I can walk in his joy. John Mark Comer, I've been listening to a podcast from him this week. He says, we must arrange our day. Sorry, I did not put this on screen. We must arrange our day so that we are experiencing a deep sense of joy as we live in the kingdom of God with Jesus. Nice and simple. Arrange your day so that you are experiencing a deep sense of joy as you live in the kingdom of God with Jesus. This is uh, such a great thing to do so that you are purposefully growing in your walk in God, is to continue to choose. Sometimes it's the opposite of how you feel. Your feelings don't need to be the dictator of your life. You know, your feelings can submit to your decision to rejoice instead. All right, verse six and seven. And this is, uh, you, you may have heard this a lot if you've been around It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He's he's saying to them to grow in Christ, you need to walk in peace. Walk in peace. This is such a really powerful statement. Because in this day and age, anxiety is so prevalent, right? Every second person struggling with, I'm on medication for anxiety. And it's like, wow, this is a really big thing in our day and age. And the persecution they were experiencing was tangible. And you'd be like, yeah, but they were going through that. And of course they're gonna be anxious. Yeah, that's right. And some of the stuff that you are facing right now, I'm I'm like, well, of course you're going to be anxious. But the the Word of God's like, do not be anxious for anything. It doesn't leave it there. Goes on and says, but by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving. God, just thank You that You're here. Thank You that You haven't walked away from me. Thank you that you're with me in the midst of my drama or the midst of my whatever. The Lord is near. Present your requests to God and the peace of God. Holy Spirit, would you just give us peace right now in this room? Just bring your peace right now. Which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. This thing called relationship with God, it's a natural carrier of peace because God is the God of peace, right? Right down in verse nine, it says, right at the end, and the God of 
peace will be with you. God dwells in complete peace. The word for peace is, uh, you might have heard it a few times, it's the word shalom. And it also means wholeness and well-being. God dwells in complete completeness, right? Complete wholeness. And He gives this shalom, He gives this wholeness, He gives this peace to His people. So relationship with Him, it's only a matter of time before more peace is coming into your world, right? And so how do we access it? By prayer, petition, thanksgiving, by praying, by trusting. And this peace is so otherworldly. It's so not from this world that you can't even understand it properly. And it's not just beyond your comprehension, but it's so great that it will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. It's powerful. I give you a situation that God is gonna bring peace into your life. Lots of messages have been preached on this. And so this is just one thing that Paul's telling the Philippian church. But the context is important. Verse eight and nine goes on. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. The God of peace will be with you. You know, if you choose to think about what is helpful, it's gonna go a long way to being a person of peace. You know what I mean? Anyone been up in the last last couple of weeks, you've been awake at night worrying. Put up your hand. I'm, I'm in this boat. I've been awake at night worrying about something. Okay, so what I found is that in, the, in, in a couple of days time, it kind of panned out and worked out. So I probably could have had a couple of extra hours of crucial sleep in my life if I just chose to think about what is good, what is holy, what is helpful. Like slowing down is a powerful tool to help us in this, right? Connect with God, deliver to Him your concerns. But think it's good to think about what you think about. Like, what, what do I think about? Does that kind of align with this? Adjust it, turn it around. That's so easier said than done though, right? You're like, adjust it, turn it around. Oh, thanks. That was helpful. The Holy Spirit is your guide. And you're not alone. You walk with others. So talk about it. Now, Paul's actually also saying here, and I've got to bring this in. What he's saying here in whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything's excellent or praiseworthy. He's taking a page out of local context thought. And he's, he's saying, enjoy the culture and the world around you. Just filter it through Christ. Because the world is here for you to enjoy 
God created this amazing planet for us to enjoy and the food and the sights and the fun that we can have, just filter it through Christ first. Do it all in Christ. He is the God of peace. He'll be with you as you enjoy this journey. So let's wrap it up. For the sake of the gospel in your life, in your home, in our city and beyond, stand firm. Walk together with others. Choose joy and walk in peace. The ultimate peace really only comes though from Jesus and relationship with Jesus Christ. I just want to ask you to close your eyes just for a second in case there's someone here who's, who's not walking in this relationship with God because you were created for relationship with Him. But sin entered the world and disconnected us from God. So God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who came willingly to pay for your sin on a cross so that all of this wrong between you and God could be completely washed clean and you could have this freedom of enjoying relationship with God and also the assurance of an eternity in heaven with Him. And maybe that's not your experience right now. Maybe you are far from God or maybe you've wandered away at one point. And today's the day where you can ask God, invite Jesus into your life, ask Him to forgive you of your sin and accept His great gracious offer of forgiveness. Just, if that's you, just, can you give me a little wave? I'm just gonna pray with you after the service. If that's you and you're like, I need this. I wanna invite Christ into my life. I wanna do relationship with God, have an eternity with Him in heaven. If that's you, just give me a, give me a little wave right now. Cool. Just keep your eyes closed for a minute. Because I'm just gonna ask God to do one thing right now. If you're traveling through some hardship or some opposition, I just believe the Holy Spirit's going to come and bring peace right now. Just pray about it. Say, God, I give you this situation. I trust you. Would you move? Would you change the situation? But more than that, would you bring peace? to me, to us, right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just come. You know what I find is on the other side of peace? It's a smile. It's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why don't you just start to speak out thanks right now. Let's pray to end the service. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you for peace in the middle of a storm. We thank you that we can walk together strong, unified, 
advancing your kingdom in our city and beyond and right where we are in our homes. We bless you, God, because you're a good God. You love us and you're building us strong, faithful, powerful people of victory and life and love and strength. We thank you for what you've been doing today in us. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.